0: Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for September 6th, 2020, proper 18, the 14th Sunday after Pentecost. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, how is your morning treating you? My
1: morning is treating me fine. It's actually a a preview of fall today,
0: so I love it. Um, yeah it, it is it is nice outside yeah it's uh, in the, in
1: the 60s it will only get to the low 80s
0: love it I will take it <laughs> yes definitely <clears throat> definitely take it uh, it's been it's been hot uh, um, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah for, for those playing at home if you want to know how hot it's been uh, watch our uh, last Sunday's uh, <laughs> uh, online worship. And see if you can figure out the sequence in which uh, Bruce's video pieces were recorded.
1: As you can see, my hair getting darker, darker
0: with perspiration. So uh, a fun little game for you at home. Uh, right. Maybe a little gross game uh, for you to play at home, but uh, maybe
1: more but, of a youth group type
0: of thing. or for those you know immature at heart.
1: <laughs> and that is me
0: all over. Uh, so, uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's a, we're, we're, this, uh, as we're recording this, this is actually, we're recording this on the last day of August. So we're, we're into September here and yeah. it is, uh, I would say, I you know, this year can't go by fast enough, but I'm, I'm still kind of concerned as to what the beginning of 2021 yeah. is going to look like. So, I'm not entirely sure I care uh whether that, you know, to say such a thing because I don't know as if it'll be contained just this year. Mm-hmm. Um uh but uh but uh um yeah, I would love to fast forward through a lot of this. Um <clears throat> not the but, readings though, of course. No, or <laughs> well, that's more you okay, you had the better line. I was going to say
1: we don't want to fast forward through the autumn leaves that I can look out my Home study window and see beginning oh, to change.
0: True. That's true, um, but uh, yeah, if it'll, it'll if it'll get me to the point where I can uh, go, get on a plane and go somewhere again, um, I, I might give up leaves. I might give up leaves. <laughs> yeah, well, and obviously, if people <laughs> are not
1: dying anymore and are healthy and all that, I would, of course, give up leaves. Okay, yeah, make
0: me look <laughs> real bad for not phrasing it that way. Sure, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, um, uh, <laughs> with that level of embarrassment, um, that will, uh, actually let's, uh, let's, uh, let's move into the word of the day Ah. see if you can guess, uh, what the word means. And today's word is aromatic. E-R-E-M-I-T-I-C, Aromatic.
1: Aromatic.
0: It's on the tip
1: of my brain, but I'm drawing a blank. Uh,
0: <clears throat> I, I, uh, I'll give you a hint. Uh, uh, w- the joke about uh, my level of embarrassment might drive me into some sort of hiding, uh, which would kind of play into this word, uh, uh, potentially, a little bit. So does that have something to do with Christian hermits?
1: <gasps> yes! Okay. Is the first letter capitalized?
0: Well, I mean, it is on the... Uh, well, okay. Center. It is on so it's the... Not,
1: it doesn't refer to, the, no, to a person's name.
0: it is not. Okay. It is not.
1: Um, then I'll say, oh, in my uh, tap dancing way, oh, it has something to do with the um, Christian movement towards seclusion and hermitage during the Egyptian, in the Egyptian Christian church, uh, probably around the 300s, if I recall correctly. <laughs> Are you looking
0: on... on no, websites, that is okay. totally just tap
1: dancing about when were yes. Christian
0: hermits first pig. Yes, yes, you are correct. Uh, um, so, Arametic uh, is referring to the specific ty- type of lifestyle, uh, the solitary lifestyle of a hermit. Uh, the earliest hermits in Christianity were called the Desert Fathers, right. which is an awesome biker's game name. <laughs> uh, uh, but... Uh, uh, yes. in the third century of Egypt. Uh, and um, some re- it does go on to say that some religious orders like the uh, Carthusians retain elements of the Aramaic lifestyle in their rule. Um, and specifically, um, one of the features, it doesn't go into much uh, uh, description as to what that kind of lifestyle was like, which is kind of odd considering how long some of these definitions yeah. are on <laughs> certain things. Um but they did one thing that they did point out that would be uh, different from the traditional imagery of a hermit um, or or uh, as if it were a, a, a female uh, a hermit. They live in separate dwellings but gather for meals and worship. so. Mm-hmm. You, one could kind of see how that then led to monastery right. life, um, where you would have a lot of solitude uh, time, but then gather together for uh, the breaking of bread and, and for, for actual worship as well. But uh, um, So apparently that was the feature of uh, Arametic lifestyle that stands out most to the purveyors of this uh, Episcopal Dictionary website, uh, as opposed to strict hermitage which it would be your on own, right <laughs> yeah and it, it you
1: know one of the things to remember is that Egypt was part of the Roman Empire and so a lot of these people were coming were leaving the um, urban areas of Egypt that were full of the temptations of a good Roman lifestyle and therefore started, to show Christians how they could live without selling out, hmm. uh, not necessarily by withdrawing completely from the from the cities, but rather not falling for the um, not for the valuing of um, pleasure, like sitting in the Roman baths all day or watching humans being torn apart by animals in hmm. the Colosseum, of, which were all over. Rome, all over the Roman Empire, not just in Rome. Um, yeah, so they were trying to show. Well, they weren't trying to show, but if they ended up they're they were doing it for their own sakes. They were mm-hmm. doing it out of a sense of I can't resist that, so I got to get away from it. But then that became a model in a very nice way for Christians who were not able to withdraw from the Roman Empire and could find a way of being faithful to God even while um, still being in the midst of a very decadent um cruel society right hmm. and, and it built off a jewish movement that was doing the same thing in the holy land really okay yeah the dead sea
0: scrolls come from such a community oh that's right i did know that yeah now that i think about it i just wasn't putting the time frame together um, right okay. and then that you know
1: that, that sort begat okay. the the hermits of egypt and then that did begat the um Monastic movement, which includes males and females, um, for the where that's with us to this day.
0: Gotcha. Way to use the word "begat." Uh, um, (laughs) uh, um, Nightmares of uh, of of uh, the the laundry list of uh, family life uh, in the Old Testament uh, is coming back to me. Uh, uh, You know, so and so begat so and so and lived 135 years. (laughs) Which, ah. some,
1: which someday we can have probably. It would probably take two or three podcasts to talk about the significance of those begats. It wasn't just to establish who was related to who, but usually they were very symbolic as to who was chosen to
0: be mentioned in the lineage. Oh, okay, okay. I
1: mean, but, uh, they
0: they they are the they are probably the, the stuff of nightmares for readers.
1: Yeah, and and <laughs> seldom are you, they
0: right in church, so we seldom get to talk about them. Right, right. You have forty five unique names. It's right. <laughs> good luck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> First, um,
0: good luck pronouncing them,
1: then good luck explaining
0: them. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that. Uh, well, let's. Um, Uh, it's not one of the begats, uh, but uh, let's let's move on to our first reading here from the Old Testament. And we're going to go to Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 7 through 11. So you, mortal, I have made a sentinel for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, O wicked ones, you shall surely die, And you do not speak to warn the wicked to turn from their ways, the wicked shall die in their iniquity, but their blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked to turn from their ways, and they do not turn from their ways, the wicked shall die in their iniquity, but you will have saved your life. Now you, mortal, say to the house of Israel, Thus you have said, Our transgressions and our sins weigh upon us, and we waste away because of them. How then can we live? Say to them, as I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from their ways and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? So, um, background on Ezekiel. Uh, the, uh, prophet, yes, I assume?
1: Yeah. Um, okay. And I just got, there's this great line in um, the... Harper Harper Collins Study Bible that I prefer, um, and here's the, here's the opening introduction line: Ezekiel and the book associated with him have puzzled readers for centuries. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, why are yeah. we puzzled? Um, that we we know that it was written at roughly the same time as various sections of Isaiah okay. and Jeremiah, and that it. Seems to be a collection of different, different writings put together. Um, there's no reason to think it wasn't all by the same author. There are not big linguistic differences, but it mm-hmm. doesn't seem like it was sat that anyone sat down and wrote it all at once. Um, mm-hmm. And it span. It's it, one of the fascinating things about this book. It's a. It's another long one. It's um, well over thirty chapters. Is that. It goes from people being in exile in Babylonia, as we've been talking about with Isaiah and Jeremiah, and their return to the Holy Land, their return to Israel, and the dynamics of both situations. And in Isaiah, we have different author, three different authors who reflect on that. And Ezekiel it looks like it's one author who has in mind both audiences even at times. Hmm. so it's it's similar to isaiah and jeremiah but but with its own take to use a very modern term um and yet again another great book just to sit down and read
0: yeah um so so um the the book seems appears to be written as though the reader would know who ezekiel is uh it's, it's Told in such a way where uh, you do feel like a there's there's a built up relationship. I mean, we're jumping in here in chapter thirty three, but there seems right. to be a built in relationship between the author and the reader. Um, reader being a little bit more abstract, the uh, uh, us human person mortal, and, but the the author seems to be involved in in, in this because it's not saying. Uh, or, or is this coming from God uh, it, it's, it's oh. structured in such a way that it seems like it's coming from the prophet directly um, but I suppose it could also be coming from this could be the, one of the God God speaks and says yeah
1: because the it's it's the word of the Lord that came to the prophet
0: okay. and okay so
1: yes chapter seven is God's voice rather than I mean it's it's Ezekiel quoting God.
0: Gotcha. So in this, so so so, uh, my original understanding totally uh, 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 turned on its head. God is the eye, it yeah. is the is the uh, it, taking the author's shoes in this place, and mortal uh, the the reader is actually Ezekiel, right? Who we're learning his experience firsthand, or, you know, or secondhand right. uh, through the book. Okay, so. This seems to be. This seems to be talking like giving him kind of credentials a little bit, but also uh, so that the actual reader of the book understands why he speaks out the way he speaks out is because he's commanded to do so in such a yeah. way. He's uh, held. He's held. He's held as highly accountable
1: for accurately communicating God's word as the people are to accurately hearing and carrying out God's word.
0: Right. Right, right, right. And, and it, it does kind of indicate, like, um, in verse 8, it kind of creates kind of the scenario as though when God says it, then um, the intended audience doesn't actually hear it. Right. He needs Ezekiel to convey the message, to translate. Yep. um and failure to do that translation means that he has he has uh, um, in entombed them in that decision like in in that inaction that they, they never got the message so they never were given the chance to right. uh change uh, improve uh, uh, do something better uh, yeah and, reform and, exactly so um,
1: yeah, and, and this is one of these cases where there's that very old testimony language about their blood being on Ezekiel's hands if he doesn't speak the word,
0: which you know is is uh, um, which is an interesting point uh, which we could kind of um, translate to other areas in our life, right? I mean, oh yeah, there are, there are certainly other um, there are other instances in our life that are. Not as dire as "Turn away from your wicked ways, or you <laughs> <will> perish." <Parish>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but have the same kind of an ef- of an effect. If you don't if you don't share uh, information with others, you don't give them the ability to um, uh, make their own decision. Right, and um, that's kind of a uh, yeah, that and 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 so their indecision is technically on your hands because you have you were you didn't help them you didn't you didn't yep. you, you didn't share with them uh, any information at all, um, or or you sugarcoated it which were mm. you know, the, which was
1: what the false prophets did and do I mean to this day in Christianity we have lots of people. Willing to tell people what they want to hear, some of and some of it being very destructive, and um, you know, so it's this is God saying you can, you, know, you t- we are accountable as preachers for what we say. We don't get to say, oh, you know, it, it seemed like a good idea at the time, but hey, everyone has free will and everyone got to decide for themselves if. Well, if if we're limiting as communicators of the gospel, if we're limiting what the gospel says, then we're acting like a bad prophet.
0: So mm-hmm. if we're, mm-hmm.
1: and from the Episcopal point of view, it's if, if we're refusing to say God loves everyone, as this passage really does talk about, um, and instead pander to the prejudices of the congregation about other people, then we're going to be held accountable for that kind of right. um, either whether it's soft peddling or write out falsehoods, however you want to explain it. Um, so, yeah, I, I know I take very seriously and carefully what it is I actually say as a priest.
0: Yeah. And, and, and I think um, one of the, one of, one of the, uh, things that informs that point of view is, is right there in chapter in chapter 11 verse 11 um, Ezekiel conveys uh, God uh, uh, saying specifically I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked it's he doesn't like it it God doesn't sit there and go like oh good you know yeah you know maybe that'll get the point across. <laughs> Right. Maybe maybe if they all die, that'll be better. Uh, and, and 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 maybe the next group of wicked ones will uh, get the message. Um, that's not the way the way that God uh, works. Uh, it doesn't you know? He, he wants the message to, to come across. He yeah. wants. He want, He know. There, there's an understanding that um, people will. Do what people are going to do, but robbing them of uh, such a message like God still loves you and and um, um, wants you uh, to love others the way that God loves you, you know, robbing them of that message is 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 not going to benefit anybody,
1: right? And. Yeah, and it's on the head of the person doing the robbing, so to speak. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And that doesn't even go. I mean, this is this is a this is like a, the 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 passive uh, 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 sin of failing to love. Like, the, mm-hmm. yeah. The, this is this isn't even getting into the uh, um, taking it completely the other direction, <laughs> right? Saying that that uh, God's love is is uh, finite and limited for. Um, for a specific group of people, this is this is uh, this is just a a sin of omission, as, as right. it were, um, right? Um, which is interesting. Um, I, are we gonna be able to come? We're not coming back to Ezekiel, are we? This is a shame. Um, uh, yeah, it is. And one of the things Ezekiel is famous for is the
1: wonderful vision of um, the Valley of Dry Bones, right? That we get to. Read at the Easter Vigil, so um, yeah. You know, some people may think, "How do I know Ezekiel? How do I know Ezekiel?" And and maybe it's probably from that the most
0: famous one, yeah,
1: yeah, that's his, greatest hit. That's his <laughs> greatest
0: hit. Play the Valley of Dry Bones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Uh, now someone else. <laughs>
1: Poor Ezekiel.
0: Yeah. Um, um. What? What else about? Um, um, about this passage, he does, he does identify, is he identifying himself as the Sentinel for the house of Israel? Yeah. Which is interesting because, a, um, a Sentinel is a very different role from Prophet.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's it, what.
0: It, 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 at least at first blush, I would think.
1: Yeah, that's one of the, the fascinating things that sort of, um, Maybe trivial to many people, but one of the fascinating things in Ezekiel is he really does. Um, my favorite term to use is play with. He he really stretches in different directions the role of prophet more so than probably anyone else anywhere in the Bible. So at times he's a sentinel, at times he's a priest, at times he's a prophet, hmm. and you know, he's comfortable moving between these various descriptions and roles and duties. Um, in a way that the other prophets are, I'm a prophet, this is the yep. prophecy. I'm
0: staying in my lane.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I'm dropping the mic and walking away now that I've done it. Right. Um, so that's, that's one of the reasons why Ezekiel is such a um, both fascinating book and difficult book for scholars, is that, yeah, he doesn't stay in his lane like the other prophets do. Instead, he goes all over the place, and I think that's a good image and a a good symbol for us today, that we may think this is who we are, and this is what we're supposed to do, but Ezekiel over and over does something different than you'd expect from what he had said before he was, Hmm. because that's what God needed to have done in a time of great chaos, where some of the people of Israel were still in captivity, or not in captivity, but were living in freedom, but in Babylonia, and others had returned to Judah, and he's trying to speak to both, and does. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it, it's this wonderful time um, that to me seems very modern, uh, in that it's chaotic. There are people in t- literally different places physically, but also different places spiritually and emotionally and psychologically. And he is, in the name of God, trying to reach out to all these people to let them know about the love of God wherever they are. Again,
0: physically, emotionally, spiritually. So it's a it's a really cool book. Yeah, it's a shame shame we don't get more than five verses. Jeez. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, but five verses we got, and five verses we discussed. So uh, unfortunately, let's uh, move on to Romans then. Uh, Romans chapter thirteen, verse eight through fourteen. Owe no one anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know what time it is. How is it? How it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us. Than we became, than when we became believers, the night is far gone; the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not revelling, not in revelling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarrelling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Um, this concept does get restated in a number of New Testament books, uh, that the greatest, uh, the, the, the greatest commandment is to love uh, uh, in some way, shape, or form. I mean, in one uh, circumstance, it's uh, to love the Lord your God. With all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and the and the second is like it to love your neighbor as yourself, um, and uh, which is which is an interesting um, um, development for I think for for the uh for the disciples for the for the the apostles uh to convey because that is um as we go through and read the gospel readings that is kind of the radical idea that one of the radical ideas that Christ himself is trying to bring to the forefront of like, look, you've got all these other laws that, you know, the, the, the original 10 has ballooned to this giant, uh, laundry list of things. Uh, and I'm going to try to make it simple for you. And it's really, everything is based out of this concept of loving people, love God, love God's creation equally. And, um, if you keep that in your heart, then, everything else kind of falls into place. Um, yeah. You're loving yourself. Right. Um, and it, so when, since he, since his, since Paul's um, uh, audience are the Romans, when he's referring to the law, um, it, is that the Jewish law? Is that something that would make as much sense to them? Because he does talk about fulfilling the law and fulfilled the law um is is that what he's talking about uh, the 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 Jewish law or is there another concept that is in play here?
1: Um, well first first of all um, what actually what he's talking about more probably judging from the Greek <laughs> Yes, the live studio audience.
0: <laughs> oh, I forgot to tell you. I have the ability to mute my uh, computer mic, so it's oh, okay. actually so, not in the recording. <laughs> okay, so you got –
1: everyone else just missed a major nose blow. Uh, from now on, I will ignore such things.
0: Sorry, I um, totally forgot that uh, on the phone, you're going to yeah. hear that. <laughs>
1: uh, so anyway, the law here, the, um, the word used is not – uh, not the word in Greek associated with Torah as in mm. Jewish law. It's mm-hmm. instead more of a, a generic term. Okay. And you need to see my hand motions, which are broad. <laughs> gotcha. And um, so a lot of commentators believe he's really talking about the gospels or the gospel because there there aren't the gospels yet. But, when, mm-hmm. uh, but Jesus is teaching here rather than going – to the Torah as Paul will do in other locations Hmm. so in that way he's talking about what he's been talking about in the first part of the letter of Romans Mm
0: -hmm. okay
1: so in that way it's again it's one of these things where the literal translation of law is accurate but it would have been better if it were said was said like translates Jesus's teachings or something like that. That would really give us more of what the Romans would have heard when they uh, read this letter.
0: Hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, what about in verse eleven? Um, because especially if you're when you're breaking up <laughs> the, these books like we are uh, through lectionary readings, um, um, the he says besides this you know what time it is and so when you just read a verse you're kind of like wait what is uh what time is it <laughs> like what what are we talking about here <laughs> um how how it is now the moment uh, for you to wake from sleep salvation is near the night is far gone is this referring to um the 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 existing belief that the uh well existing at the time that the second coming was like on the doorstep and we've got to get everything right right now or is this just uh this is the time of 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 awakening uh, the time of 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 revealing this to you and this new concept coming into your life and now that you now that it is you can't go back like the 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 dawn has broken and the only way forward the the only way uh uh, is forward at this point
1: yeah we don't we we can't be absolutely sure since Paul's not here to say exactly what he meant but if this was a reference to the second coming of Christ it's the only time there's any mention of it at all in the letter of Romans okay and as we've joked about before Paul doesn't tend to say things once
0: that's, that's very <laughs> true
1: <laughs> so looking at the entirety of verse 11, let alone the entirety of the letter to Romans, it seems more he's talking about now's the time to awake from your spiritual stupor that mm-hmm. you've had as Gentiles. Right. And you know, the longer you wait to awaken, the more you miss out on the wonders of living with God.
0: Yeah, and in a way it kind of informs the first reading a little bit, uh, or the first reading kind of informs it as well, as like one, yep. of the other, one of the other side effects of of being informed, which is what Ezekiel was uh, uh, um, saying, was like the bare minimum requirement. You got to You got to yeah. at least inform people. Um, once you're informed, you, you can't unknow something. You know what I mean? So, so no matter how
1: much you try, right, it, it will be on the final. <laughs> which is
0: which is why in Ezekiel he's talking about: look, if you convey this message and they do nothing that's clearly on them and you can kind of see that laid bare here in Romans because as you as you can imagine, yeah, okay, the the, you know the 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 night is far gone, the day is near, um we have to move forward with this knowledge. Yeah, if if you learn this, then not doing it takes active participation on your part. You know, you kind of have to actively ignore it. Even even in our human terms, where we think of passive, passive ignorance, once you once you learn uh, uh, something or you your eyes are opened to a new viewpoint, um, it it's going to take effort to, you know, ignore it or forget it. Yeah, it doesn't, that doesn't just. oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right that love of God. I forgot about that. Right, and,
1: it, <laughs> and it's on you if you forget it. It's yeah. not. It's not Paul's fault. It's not. Your local teacher's fault. It's not your boss's fault because he made you go carry the sacrifice to the Roman temple. It's your fault,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. It's all it's all on you from there on out. Um, so, um, so that's kind of that, that's an interesting <coughs> uh, uh, thing that the lectionary um, builders. What would they be? The, the lectionary authors, I suppose. Uh, uh-huh. the, the, the folks who are collecting the the works together. Um, I don't know as if necessarily that's the intention or if it's an uh, unintended side uh, side effect or if it's just m- my human nature trying to create threads uh, uh, to exist, into existence. But uh, um, well, it's I, interesting to me that that's how it, it kind of has flown uh, um, from reading of, of these two concepts kind of working together.
1: Well, and and part of that is the concepts do come up again and again. So you can almost kind of throw a dart at an epistle, particularly of Paul's, an epistle of Paul's, a gospel, and one of the um, Old Testament prophets, Hebrew scripture prophets. And you have a a decent chance of the same theology being expressed in all three. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though we... As Christians tend to discount the Hebrew scriptures, Jesus was building on what had been taught, particularly by the prophets after the exile. Um, right. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. And you know, one of the things in the we often forget is the love your neighbor as yourself first appears in Leviticus. And so mm. when Jesus teaches about that. He's quoting the Old Testament, he's quoting the Hebrew Scriptures, Leviticus, and that's almost certainly what Paul was doing here. He wasn't quoting Jesus, he was quoting Leviticus, and as well as with the other commandments he mentions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there, there's there's such a connection with the entirety of the Bible that it's almost inevitable that frequently we'll get these very connected readings, even if they were done randomly which they're not, and usually the first reading is connected with the gospel reading, and the gotcha. middle reading is random. No, I so, gotcha.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, so this is an example of, yeah, they do have the same theology. There is a consistency, and that consistently almost always falls in the area of loving our neighbor and loving mm-hmm. God.
0: So you you had mentioned that uh, at the time of Paul's writing this, that there would not have been Gospels, but a Gospel. What was the first Gospel again? The oral tradition is the short word. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah, not so one of the four.
1: Not one of the four. A little g for Gospel. Gotcha. Um, yeah, Mark was presumed to be the earliest Gospel, and it wasn't written until after Paul's death. Okay. Okay. Uh, but obviously there's a very active oral tradition of what Jesus taught that was communicated from newbie to newbie, so to speak, That since everyone was a newbie. Um, and that oral tradition was crucial in the first 30 years or so of Christianity.
0: Mm-hmm. It is kind of surprising when you think about it that, and this is a bigger picture uh, uh, discussion, I suppose, but it is kind of surprising that the... Letters were all written before um, um, a, a physical gospel was written, like a physical accounting, a historical yeah. accounting. Um I wonder if that's just because the oral tradition was so alive that the only thing to put in writing are letters discussing the shared oral tradition. Um, uh, but it's also very, uh, equally interesting that... Since these letters uh, are done first, that the later gospels that are done, you know, uh, decades after uh, the actual events, are um, not don't then like skew anything in the letters that were written prior. Like, it, yeah, you know, you don't get anything where there you're like, well, that's odd because in first, you know, Corinthians, yeah. he says this and that, really doesn't. Is that, I'm not finding that anywhere in the, <laughs> the, yeah, the four that, books of the Gospels. That's definitely reassuring to me,
1: without mm-hmm. a doubt. Um, and and one of the the fun, over a glass of sherry type of speculations, though people get PhDs in it, is I'm, why, I'm a port guy, but go ahead. <laughs> it is, it is why weren't the Gospels written down earlier? And there are basically three major theories. Um, the one is that because of the early belief that the second coming was imminent, there was not seen a need to write
0: them down. Yeah, that that kind of has some logic to it.
1: Yeah. Okay. The second is, comes from our study of other world religions, that there's often a hesitation to write down a sacred text, that there's... you. Usually, a belief around the holiness of having to memorize it. Yeah. Okay. And, and so there's a reluctance, perhaps, this is, no one knows, but perhaps there is a reluctance to write it down because um, that would make it too open to exploitation and could cause people to encounter the scripture without allowing the holy spirit to guide their interpretation. Mhm. And then the third reason was which we don't we really don't know. It keeps it the pendulum swings back and forth on opinions around this is that is no one can know for sure how literate the christian community was.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so if it was written even if it was written down there may not have been anyone to read it. Interesting.
0: I was actually, but again, there's
1: controversy over that because illiteracy was not as widespread as we might
0: think. Gotcha. I, I'm actually kind of surprised that uh, it didn't. One of the three options didn't include like active uh, destruction of such texts too. Like there, there's there's still a fair amount of opposition to. Oh yeah. Well, um, yeah, that that yeah, and that's part of it
1: too. Is you don't want to leave evidence for the Romans that you're a Christian, and so. Yeah, there are not a lot of physical um, remnants of early Christianity. Yeah, uh, you know, there's occasionally carved in a stone somewhere a fish symbol and that sort of thing. But yeah, yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't have want a, wanted wanted a gospel in your house when the Roman soldiers came in. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: Hence a strong oral tradition.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That it. That that probably is three and a half.
0: <laughs> there you go. Okay, three three and a half. <laughs> people have. I, I'm sure the. I'm, I'm sure the scholars. all uh, assume. Well, of course that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's Anyone a given. Who studies this knows. So people like Bruce Gray can forget it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, well, let's uh, let's move on to one of those gospel readings. Yeah. Uh, Matthew chapter eighteen, verse fifteen through twenty. If another member of the church sins against you, go out and point out go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If, in the, mem- if the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church, and if the offender refuses to even listen even to the church, Let such a one be to you as a Gentile or a tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. Um... A couple of things here. First and foremost, uh, uh, the beginning part of this reading cannot be read enough uh, uh, <laughs> uh, in in modern day churches. Uh, <laughs> having having, I'll, I'll put myself on the line there uh, as as having served on the lay side of of church leadership for many years. Um, um, these verses are not taken to heart 95% of the time uh, when conflict arises within the church. Um, And I cannot tell you how many times I have had instances where something has arisen and probably could have been dealt with had two people or a group of people involved just talks to each other yeah we go uh sideways and uh seek out uh sympathetic uh uh, ears or voices uh to our point of view and it just uh is it it creates an awful mess uh so if if there's if there's one thing i could ever convey about this about this passage it would be that part specifically (laughs) hey Talk well, to the people who you're having a disagreement with or, or uh, have an issue or, or uh, sometimes even ideas. Uh, uh, t- talk to the people who are involved in, instead of uh, uh, others. There we go. There's my, my soapbox. Um, well,
1: and, it, and frankly, it's even worse in this day and age uh, with the Internet.
0: Mm-hmm. It's uh, a lot easier to circumvent the direct communication.
1: And easier to find um, opinions that'll match yours,
0: right? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, the, as the current saying goes, it's easy to live in an echo chamber, mm-hmm. and and I think part of this, part of the wisdom of this passage, is that it, it forces people—not forces, it encourages people—to step out of their echo chamber and instead encounter people who might have a different opinion, might be able to point out some nuances might be able to ask everyone to take a breath, mm-hmm. um, calm down. Um, but it's also one of the more difficult passages to live with as a Christian. Oh, sure. Uh, for those very reasons. We don't we don't want to deal with conflict. We don't certainly want to be on the losing side of a conflict usually. Uh, that instead, we'd rather win the battle. And part yeah. of what... Yeah, which is counter to the gospel. It's not about winners and losers. It's about maintaining relationships.
0: No, nah, it's about being right. I don't, know, I don't know what this gospel is talking about. <laughs> well, and what's what's interesting
1: is you know, one of the interesting one of the fun things to do as a Christian is to look to see what passages Christians like to take literally and which ones they say, "Oh, they're a metaphor." Or they were oh, yeah. only for times back when. So there are certainly congregations and to a lesser extent denominations that, um, particularly like the last part of um, basically saying, oh, we get to kick someone out if they refuse to follow this process. They're going to be like a Gentile or tax collector to us, Right. Um, but won't take literally the love your neighbor as yourself um, to... Claim the the sin of the Episcopal Church, and this is a purposely a very minor one. The joke among Episcopalians is the only passages we're w- willing to take seriously and or literally are the ones about tithing to your local congregation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> I like it. I like yeah. it. That's funny.
1: And that's a pretty recent development over the last number yeah. of de- few decades. Yeah. But it, it is. It's, to me, it's one of these interesting things where, once again, Jesus nails it. You know, mm-hmm. at, just as, as your very helpful introduction, so to speak, to this passage talks about. He, Jesus knew human nature. He wasn't going to um, tiptoe around it and says yeah th- this will happen it's not a matter of if if you were real Christians you wouldn't have conflicts it's instead right. of if this happens this is if you have a conflict this is how you need to deal with it yeah and,
0: and anybody who has dealt with uh, uh, conflict resolution will probably also read that those set of instructions and recognize how very very few times you would get to the very end of those sets of instructions. Yeah. Um. Really, the vast majority of conflict is solved in the first step, maybe the first yeah. two. Yeah. Um. Rarely would it ever need to come before the whole church, or uh, you know, taking it into a into broader circumstances, uh, the larger population. Uh, the public sphere, uh, as it were, uh, and, and become a, 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 an open public debate. That most many uh, um, issues can be solved by people actually sitting down uh, and and actually communicating with each other. Because it's really hard. Um, you have to act again. You have to actively ignore <laughs> uh, another per- person's point of view to to not. Have some sort of empathy uh, uh, mm-hmm. with with their point of view, um, and there's often a, a lot of conflict resolution uh, that, that is occurs there in the first couple of steps of, of instruction. Um, what about the tail end of this uh, verse, though? This has been uh, this is language that has been used quite a lot to justify a number of different. Uh, things some good and some bad over the the millennia um, uh, truly I tell you whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven um, uh, I've heard uh, it exp- I've heard some people believe that uh, this basically you know kind of uh, uh, forces uh, God to... Uh, acknowledge and adhere to the rules that we set here on Earth, <laughs> um, which is crazy, um, right? <laughs> in my opinion, and I'd love to sit down with those people and tell them to, to tell them my opinion of that to their face. Um, but uh, um, what what is what is he really saying here? Uh, because it doesn't. I don't believe that this is referring to dogmatic law. It doesn't. It doesn't seem to have. That vibe to it
1: right and I th- it's like the Ezekiel passage where he's holding Christians to a very high standard and to and that what they do on earth matters everywhere throughout existence mm-hmm. um, and you know so it's it's one of these dynamics where, um. You know, you, rather than say you are all powerful so go lord it over others it's instead be extremely humble
0: yeah it, it the the wording in here uh makes me and, and feel free to correct me if i'm wrong because i'm wrong a lot um but um the wording in here kind of makes it feel as though rather than Talking about, hey, if you guys determine something here on Earth, I'm, you know, I have father, to do it. My father will, will will hold it true in heaven. What it more kind of seems between the words, uh, bind on Earth and loose on Earth is what he's saying. Is like, look, if you hurt each other here on Earth, if you're mean to each other, if you're if you don't have love in your heart, I feel that, That's right? A, you know, that affects me. Like you're 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 you're. you're committing that upon my father in heaven it's because you know that fellow human being is god's creation and god breathed in in of themselves so if you hate another person uh that that hate is felt uh um by my father and 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 hurts (laughs) you know what i mean yeah yeah if you love each other you know that that is also felt by the Father and that is good and pleasing and, and shows respect to your to your God. Um, that's kind of
1: how I interpret that is that kind of that's that's very well said
0: yeah okay um, okay
1: that yeah we're as part of that theology of you you're never off duty right. You know, that no matter that if if you're a follower of God, then you are always a follower of God, and you don't get to you know turn the off switch, slap someone, and then turn the turn the switch back to on and say, oh yeah, that slap wasn't anything to do with God or anything. That was just me on my time. Um, instead, yeah, what right. you know, whatever you're doing is you're doing it as part of God's presence on earth. And yeah, it goes back to the Ezekiel thing. We have we're we have to hold ourselves to a very high standard because God really needs us to do the right thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it if that then is the is where Jesus is coming from with these words. I know verse twenty is almost I don't want to say universally, but predominantly interpreted as. Uh, where two or three are gathered in my name means to worship God I'm kind of wondering if really that's what he's trying to say if where two or three are gathered don't forget I'm there like it I'm or watching. not I'm watching and what what goes down between just even two you know two of you I'm going to be aware of and if if you verbally uh, assassinate them. <laughs> yeah uh, i'm gonna feel that i'm 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 right there and i'm gonna get cut too um uh but we often uh, uh translate that as that's discussing that's talking about uh worship that's talking about uh um, uh intentional worship that that requires a, a, a proactive intention on the two or three who are gathered um I'm not entirely sure that's what he's intending to say so I kind of wonder what the uh what the translation where the translation comes from well it the two things
1: one is the um, is is the even if it's just two or three of you I'm still there right Um, very much what you were just saying but it also refers to within Jewish law at the time um, there are various legal requirements about witnesses to an agreement
0: Uh oh okay okay yeah okay so so because uh because religious law and law are inseparable in the right the the existing society here um it would be kind of a contractual discussion interesting yeah okay okay so whatever yeah so so (laughs) so if you agree that you both hate each other (laughs) <laughs> in, in the contract of uh, of uh, Jewish law, uh, don't forget I'm witnessing that. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, and uh, uh, I'm going to be aware. You can't hide. You can't hide those uh, that hatred. You can't hide that that uh, jealousy. You can't hide that um, that bad behavior, whatever it is. Right, right. So you better do it alone. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Well, and and part of the fun
1: of Jewish and early Christian um, theology is that it's not an individual faith, Mm -hmm. that any time, that all the time we're connected to each other, and it's only a a very modern illusion that we are ever an individual and acting all on our own. Everything we do, say, think affects others. Mm Mm-hmm. And is formed by others, and so we have to again, be humble about what we think, say, and do, because what we think, say, or do that we thinks from God may just be a prejudice that's been passed along by another human, and it's much better to pay attention to the presence of Christ when the two or three are gathered rather than to the other two.
0: Hmm. mm-hmm that is that that is uh that I'm glad you said something uh, along those lines cuz yeah we're we're very much individualistic in our current society that's how we view you know that's how we define ourselves Yeah. Uh, is very individualistic so um that concept is nearly foreign to us right um, it so it, it and it's
1: it, it is so foreign to us that it's very very hard to communicate it mm-hmm. um We we almost don't have uh, language in English for it because Mm. English is such a young language and it came out of the um, time of individualism arising as a philosophy.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, um, I think with that, unless there's uh, anything else you want to interject before I close.
1: Well, there's so much to say, but...
0: (laughs) Save well, it yeah. save it for the save it for the sermon. <laughs> well, good point. <laughs> um, well, speaking of them, which,
1: yes, anyone can access the sermon equally. You don't need two or three gathered even. <laughs> That's true. That's true. By tuning in to the online <laughs>
0: shameless plug love it I love it
1: (laughs) same (laughs) with a complete with a forced transition Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Facebook watch party Sunday mornings at 9 on the Holy Family Facebook page Mm -hmm. or roughly from Saturday afternoon on you can watch it on demand on the YouTube channel for Holy Family which which is Ben
0: HFEC videos on on uh, YouTube Uh, And and it used to be a four o'clock release. For whatever reason, uh, premieres are on the quarter hour. Uh, Oh, I don't know why they took away the top and bottom of the hour. (laughs) Options. Pray it's something you do with
1: making money. (laughs)
0: i'm sure i'm sure but since our since our videos and 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 that should also be part of my plug honestly is since our videos are non-monetized you will not get an ad yeah before after or during uh, our videos so they're not making money off me Um, that's right (laughs) so uh yes uh uh, free free to the public free to a single two three uh, uh however many are gathered uh it is it is there And Uh, free to share
1: with anyone you think might benefit.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, So go to holyfamilyfishers.org
1: and find out about all sorts of things happening around the parish.
0: Yeah, well said. Well, with that, then I'll close out our podcast uh, for September 6, 2020, proper 18. And we uh, we look forward to coming to you not live next week. Uh, And with that, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. Bye.